Capturing the world. This episode was recorded on January 11th, 2022. I hope you enjoy. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is David Carmichael II, and I am back with another great episode of the Caption the World podcast. I have another great special guest. Her name is Serena Marie Diamond. Um, she has she has become an advocate for the medical industry after she tripled her income during the pandemic. She has seen and heard. She has been seen and heard in several news publications, sharing her story of how she climbed out of debt and became a success during COVID. Serena, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Awesome, awesome. So, um, so how, I know you were telling me earlier off the mic, um, you know, where you came from. You have you was on a long flight coming from South Dakota, is that correct? Yeah, I was coming from South Dakota. Um, I had just wrapped up a case there. Okay, okay. And um, I know you were telling me it was real cold out there. Yeah, on the day that I was leaving, it was negative one degrees and the wind chill was 30. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I forgot to tell you, Um, so I'm from Virginia and it's pretty cold out here Um, for myself. And I think it's about 30 degrees, but that don't got nothing on negative one degrees. I can imagine how I would feel if I was in that type of weather out there. But, um... So, yeah, before we get into, like, what you do, let's just talk about, you know, where you grew up. I, when I read about you, um, it said that you came from New York. Um, you stay you staying in Queens. So is that where you're from originally? And let's tell me a little bit of background um, about that. Well, um, uh, I am a, I'm a New Yorker. I was born in Manhattan. And I was raised in Queens. So about three or four years old, um, we moved to uh, North Jamaica, Queens, and then we moved to South Jamaica, Queens. Okay. So. Okay. Those were the areas I was I was raised between North Jamaica and South Jamaica. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So, um, you know, growing up during that time, like what? What was the first thing you remember that kind of sparked your interest on wanting to get into the nursing field? Was that something that you always wanted to do or was that something that came about later in your life? Like, what was the first thing that kind of triggered you to want to do that? You know, it came about later in my life. Um, my mother used to tell me when I was a little girl, she used to tell my brothers and I, I want you guys to be doctors because she was a dietitian and she wanted us all to be in the medical field and she wanted us to do that. Okay. And I was just like, no, I'm going to become a singer and a writer. <laughs> and she used to be like, no, you're going to be in the medical field. Yeah. And um, she was right. Um, and um, I had went to college in 2014 and obtained a degree in psychology. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, I was only able to obtain an associate's degree in psychology. I wanted to further my education for a bachelor's degree, but the degree was so expensive. It was like $30,000. Yeah. So I didn't know how, and I wasn't eligible for a lot of the financial assistance. So I had to take out loans. 
So I didn't know how I was going to be able to pay back, you know, $28,000, you know, you know, I was just um, really distressed about that. So I didn't go forward with my bachelor's degree. And one of my friends who, well, he wasn't really my friend. He was uh, some, one of my classmates. Um, you know, uh, I had saw him somewhere after graduation and I said, you know, what are you doing now? Uh, and he said, well, I, um, I'm going and, um, getting my LPN and I'm going to work in the medical field. And I said, well, I, I can't afford to go back to school and get my LPN. He said, well, then you should just do CNA. It's only $2,000 and it takes six weeks. I was like, okay, great. And at the time I was a home health aide and I was just tired of being a home health aide. So I went ahead, took my CNA. It was really, really easy. I passed the test, um, passed my clinicals on the first try on October 11th, uh, 2015. That's the day I passed it. Okay. And um, I just never went back from there. I worked at a few uh, locations that were Jewish locations, and this was pre-COVID. So the pay was very low. Pay was about $12 an hour and could not get above $15 an hour. Um, these locations would not allow you to do any sort of overtime. And the locations that were allowing overtime were pretty much in Long Island, pretty far out in Long Island and cost a lot to get there. And they were only paying $11 an hour and they were allowing you to get as much as overtime as you wanted. But at the end of the day, it was only still a $900 check. And I just, I had so much uh, student loan debt. You got to pay rent. You have to, you know, in New York City, it's like, you know, it's it's, it's fast. It's like, where's my next dollar coming from? What am mm -hmm. I going to do? You know, it's really your living check to check when your income is that low. So um, COVID hit and, you know, um, I got an opportunity to start traveling in 2017 um, with another uh, Jewish organization called Skilled Staffing. And then um, they changed their name to Regional Care Network. Um, I started getting opportunities around 2018 to travel to places like California and Seattle, Washington, and they were paying $40 an hour for us to go to these 10 day strikes. Uh -huh. So I was just like, if I can get enough of these 10 day strikes, you know, that would be great. But they were only going on three or four times a year. And I had to get a sustain a regular job that was very low paying about $17 an hour uh, at that point. So, um, you know, in between, I did about three or four strikes and then COVID hit and that $40 an hour pay started becoming more consistent. That was the standard for CNAs who were going um, to places that were infected with COVID. So now it's like, uh, you know, you're making $40 an hour, you're able to pay your bills, but they were only allowing you to get 40 hours because of the risk of exposure. They didn't want their staff to be exposed to COVID. Um, they were very much like you go in the room, you take care of the patient as fast as possible, and you close the door after you finish. Don't, um, you know, like how you fling the blankets around, don't do anything like that, be very careful, and how you're doing your work and close the door. 
you know, I used to work at uh, Franklin Hospital and they did not want you to do any sort of overtime because of the crisis, the hospitals were bleeding money. They were losing money at an alarming rate. All surgeries were stopped. Um, I don't know that people realize that hospitals make money on surgeries. The majority of the hospitals make money by performing surgeries. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of their money come from. And doing things like, uh, you know, cancer treatments and stuff like that, stuff that brings incomes into the hospital. Um, they were no longer able to do that because all of their beds were for people that were COVID. So mm -hmm. you had people that um, had uh, got canceled for, you know, mastectomies, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, mastectomies. Like, you know, you had an operation where you, you know, take one breast off and, Mm -hmm. You you know because it was uh, it had cancer infected in that that breast and you were able to save one but you had to take one off those types of surgeries were canceled any type of surgeries that you needed uh, were canceled you know heart surgeries anything all of that was canceled and um, you know it was just COVID all the time and um, I it, even though it was a devastating situation. I found myself getting opportunities where I could do hours like, you know, 80, 90 hours a week. And I know people would say, wow, you know, I'm not really trying to work that much. But at the same time, if you're working that much, you're probably going to bring home a $5,000 check, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and some of those cases, if you take them in far out places like South Dakota, uh, Nebraska, um, uh, certain places in California, you know, they pay $50 an hour. So those checks are like five, $6,000 a week. Mm -hmm. So that's what I started doing now um, with that. Majority of the places that I work for now uh, are not COVID. Um, they have found a way to stop the COVID from coming into the facilities. And um, usually when a staff catches COVID, it really is an isolated incident. And they don't have high infection rates the way they used to anymore. So the minute you get tested for COVID, you, you test positive, you leave, you do your 10 days, and then you come back. Uh, I used to work in Massachusetts where you couldn't even walk through the door without them swabbing you. Mm. You had to get a swab every single morning on the way in because the entire facility had COVID. And if you came back positive for COVID, you were not working for 10 days. That's how it's done in a nursing home. And hospitals is quite different. You know, now they're allowing people to work that are COVID positive, as long as you're not asymptomatic, you know? in certain states and of course in New York state, because all of our hospital beds are, are pretty much filled at this point. Um, it's, it's started all over again, but if you're healthy and you're vaccinated and of course, you know, you take care of yourself and you know, you protect yourself and your, your body can withstand, um, doing 80, 90 hours a week. Um, I would suggest that people go and do it because it really is not the hardest part of the job 
is the personality of the people you're going to work with Mm -hmm. because the patients are going to be patients. If a patient is racist, belligerent, they scratch, they fight, you get another person in a room with you and you try to calm that person down until you can take care of them. Most of these people that do that are all the demented. They are what they are. They're not going to change. That's the reality of the situation. Don't take it personal because it is not personal. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. But if you can deal with your coworkers and the toxicity that goes on with the nursing home environment, if you can learn to stay to yourself, stay out of that and just build good working relationships with people, no gossiping, mind your business and just work. It will be a good experience for you. And the pay is amazing. I was able to move from a place in Queens. Now the neighborhood wasn't that bad, but the block that we lived on absolutely was, it was a bad block. We lived there for more than 10 years because we were not able to move, you know, because we had credit issues, student loans and stuff like that. But when I started working at the COVID center, um, it's called the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. That pay was $35 an hour. I was able to move us out of that place and into a place in Brooklyn. Um, this place in Brooklyn, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It has everything two swimming pools, it has a a sauna, a hot tub, a game room, a theater, it has everything in this building. So I was just impressed with the amenities that it had in it. And I couldn't believe that I was able to, you know, afford something that made my mother happy Mm -hmm. to live in, to come home to every day. It's such a relief to know that she's safe. Because the area that we moved, we were living in from before, I was always scared when she went to work and walked out the door. And um, the reason why I moved us so quickly and was because she had um, herself, she had contracted COVID. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how she got it. She got COVID and um, I, I, was, I didn't have COVID, but she was infected with COVID and she developed blood clots in her lungs and in her her heart ventricles. So they had to put her on some really strong um, blood thinners and she just got the all clear from her doctor. And that was pretty much a full year that they had to put her on blood thinners and she Mm -hmm. almost died, it was horrible. So I had to get a place where there were elevators because I didn't want her walking upstairs and I didn't want her feeling unsafe and trying to recover. So I was able to make enough money to move us here. Mm -hmm. So I I was very happy about that. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Go ahead and ask your next question. Oh, no, no, (laughs) that's fine, that's fine. Um, Because I was, yeah, because you brought up your mother and um, I was I was going to get into that too as well. And um, I know you you just told me that you had to move her to a different place and all that. And um, you know, but how 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 did it feel having to go through that? During it was kind of like you know when I read up read up about you, you were saying that you know you wasn't getting paid that much. And then the, the pandemic happened, which in your case it was a good thing for you as far as the pay. 
and you was getting more money and being able to travel and do a whole bunch of other things. But for your mother to get COVID, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's kind of like, you know, that's how did you really feel? How was you able to kind of get through that during that time where you are making more money and things are happening for you? But to see your mom go through that, like, how did that feel? It, it was horrible, you know. Um, it was a blessing in the sense that when she w- did get infected with COVID, I knew exactly what to do to help the EMS workers help her. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew right away that it was COVID. Um, you know, they put the oxygen on her. Her oxygen was literally all the way down to like 80. Yeah. So um, they had to bring her down the steps and that was a difficult to, to get her down, you know, 36 steps, you know, um, it was, a it was an ordeal. It was a blessing in the sense that her fate was not the fate of so many others that yeah. I had taken care of that I had seen. And when I had worked in a hospital setting, there were so many people, um, that we helped survive COVID. You know, um, I used to work at Bellevue Hospital and um, I had an administrator over there who actually became COVID positive and he was really sick, near death, and the staff really pulled together and helped save his life. Mm. And he's just grateful to the, the, the women and men and doctors and nurses that helped him. Um, you know, it's just, it's just been an, like one hell of an experience with this, um, disease that's going on. And, uh, it's, it's brought out the best in people and it's brought out the worst in people. And, but overall it made people appreciate people even more. It made you appreciate life. Definitely. Definitely. I can definitely agree with that. It kind of felt like it was like a a reset button for a lot of people. Yes. Um, You know, because sometimes you you get caught up in life and you think, you know, you kind of just doing the same stuff every day. and You kind of thinking like everything's going to be the same as it was yesterday. And then this came and it came out of left field. Nobody expected this to happen. And we're in 2022 and we're still dealing with it. So it was like. A lot of people thought once it came, it wouldn't be around long. It would just, we'll figure out a way to cure it. Then it'll be back to normal like we was, but it's still, it's still not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that kind of leads it's to my not. next question um, to ask you, you know, do you think it'll be a time that COVID would not, not exist? Or do you think it's just something that's going to be here all the time, like the flu or the cold? And it's just something you're going to have to make sure you maybe take a, a flu shot or, you know, how you take the flu shot, you do think it would be something like that or, you know, what do you see the future of this? Thing? Um, I believe that COVID is the new normal. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I believe that this disease is here to stay. I believe that it is, we are going to have resurgence of this well into five, 10 years into the future. I believe that um, so long as we keep ourselves vaccinated and um, healthy, you know, um, that uh, we will survive it. 
we will we will survive it as long as we vaccinate ourselves and keep ourselves healthy. And um, um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going away. But yeah. it looks like, um, you know, that they are trying to put together cutting edge medication that will um, lessen the, the symptoms for people, not necessarily the symptoms, but it'll lessen um, the the mortality rate uh, for those who um, catch it and are not, uh, choose not to get vaccinated, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's your, ch- I, 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 honestly, I don't really agree with the vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. I think it should be your choice whether or not you want to be vaccinated or not. Because ultimately, it's your choice of what goes into your body. You know, if you don't agree with it, I think you should be well above your right to say, no, I don't want to do this. Because um, even though they say that it helps and there's proof that it helps, these vaccines have not been long enough, haven't been around long enough to know what the ultimate side effects are, you know, um, one way or the or another. Now, I don't think the I don't think that it's it's a bad it's it's going to do people in a bad way or give them terrible side effects. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, you it's just the fact that it hasn't been around long enough, and fear of the unknown. It's like you you just don't know, and when you don't know, you worry. You worry mm-hmm. that something is gonna happen and and you don't really know what it is so it's like you're preparing yourself for something bad every day you know i think that's why a lot of people don't want to don't want to take it you know there's not enough information on it you know yeah yeah it's just i mean i i'm vaccinated but it's just kind of weird to i mean you know all i was hearing during the holidays was people getting covid and people that's, you know, close to me that are vaccinated were the ones getting COVID. That's all I was hearing about people that was vaccinated getting COVID. And I'm not saying that's, that's any correlation of them getting COVID, but it's just, you know, I'm, I guess we're all waiting for, you know, when would, I guess when the, when would the variant stop coming? Like when would it be a time where, okay, if it's still here, okay, that's fine. But, you know, I guess we wanted to get to a point where it's just a cold or it's just a flu. Where if you do get it, okay, that's fine. But, you know what I'm saying? We don't think of the cold and the flu as something real scary. So I'm just wondering when when it would be a time where we're not scared. It might still be here, but we're not scared of it anymore. I guess it's just a waiting game. I think it just depends upon how good the medication get. Right Right now, they're they're testing a pill that's supposed to um, uh, help you within, I think you're supposed to take it within five days. and Don't quote me on that because I'm not a I'm not a doctor or a nurse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think the pill is supposed to do some amazing things. So hopefully the pill will help people um you know who has COVID. But I think one thing that they should not have done is told people that if you get vaccinated, um you will not get COVID because there were people saying that um if you're vaccinated then you don't have to worry about COVID or you will not contract COVID a second time. There were people on the news that were saying that. I think that was wrong. I think that was really, um, they really jumped the gun on that one. And it really 
um, for people who believed that, you know, they were shocked when they got the vaccine and they were sick again. Right. You know, that that's not right to put that information out there, you know, um, and there were multiple people saying it, you know, um, you're dealing with the public. You if you don't know an answer to something, say you don't know. Yeah. You know, don't 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 give an answer that you kind of half think is right, because that's not that's not right. That's people's bodies, that's people's health. And you got to respect that. But yeah, so um, um, right now, I, you know, I, I am trying to um, put together a pilot program about all the things that I have experienced in nursing homes and the okay. crazy stuff that goes on. I was, yeah, I was ready to ask you about it because I, I read, <laughs> I read that too, and I was like, I'm, I know you, you, you've seen a lot of things, so that would be that's something real great that I know people would definitely want to see that. Yeah, I mean that there there was a a a, a situation where I was in a nursing home and I can't say exactly what happened or what state I was in, but um, we had a death at the facility and um, in the middle of that mayhem, we actually interrupted uh, two patients who were using um, whipped peanut butter as sexual lubricant. Oh wow! In the middle of that. Oh wow! So, <laughs> you know, That's crazy. I mean, it was just like the wildest things happened in these nursing homes. Like you wouldn't even believe how crazy even the staff is. If I if I if I told you how crazy the staff was, but stay tuned for that because um, that will be. Um, I'm working on getting that out in April. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Um, you plan on putting like on like, like streaming services or like, how do you plan on getting it out there? Like the watch for people to watch. Uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, just, uh, trying to see if I can, um, put it on like, um, you know, like Hulu or some sort of, um, uh, a, um, streaming service. Mm-hmm. you know make a deal with a streaming service because um it is going to be a show so we we are we've we've done the first the second and the third script okay. on it so we have the pilot the first the second and the third episodes already written and scripted out um at this point we're just um in the middle of writing the entire season so um after we're done with writing we're just going to start casting okay. so Cool, that's awesome. And shoot, I had a I had an idea about a show in my mind too, but um, yeah, I'm gonna look into that myself and see if I can get my thoughts on paper, and hopefully, I can get mine <laughs> out there too. Um, but yeah, so so you said you was gonna um get a show created, and I read also that you are doing online nursing classes, or are you are you preparing? Do you already have it out, or do you something that you're preparing to do now? online nursing um, classes no um i i had attended an online nursing school okay so um at this point i am just um paying off my tuition for that so that i can go ahead and take my boards that's okay. what i'm doing mm-hmm. okay okay cool um 
So, you know, any advice to people that want to get into the medical field? Because, you know, you said you've been able to travel different types of places. Um, what do you think the nursing field would be in the future? I mean, it looks like COVID would be here for a while, but do you think, you know, it's a way to still be successful without COVID? Let's say like the need, the COVID is not as scary as it is yeah, now. It, there like, is. What um, other avenues you, know, you think you can that, um, approach? That uh, $40 rate was going in 2018. If you go to a facility that is a non-COVID facility and they're just drastically short, they pay between $34 and $45 an hour for a non-COVID facility. Gotcha. And they were paying those rates since 2018. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, so what other plans do you have in the future? Um. I know I also read that you you was able to pay um your student loan debts off or most of them off. Most of them, yeah. Um and you know what what other plans do you have in the future as far as just nursing in general or is there any other business routes you want to take or is it something that you think you'll stay doing for a while? Um I think uh you know, um, I'm going to delve a little bit more into the medical field. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to start my nursing. Um, I, I may start an agency and start, um, hiring a CNA and nurses. Actually, I just got a call, uh, from one of my associates who called me and said that they are looking for RNs to pay $120 an hour mm. to, to go out to California. Okay. So if there are any RNs listening to this program, uh, you can contact me via email, Serena Marie Diamond. That's S-A-R-I-N-A-M-A-R-I-E-D-I-A-M-O-N-D at yahoo.com and send me your resume and I will pass it along. Um, the case is in California and they pay um, up to $120 for RNs. That sounds like a good opportunity. I don't know a lot of places that pay over a hundred dollars an hour. So yeah, so all my mm -hmm. um nurses, people that are already nurses or trying to be nurses, um, please hit up Serena, most definitely. Um, so yeah, man, shoot, I learned a lot about. I mean, I've known a lot about COVID since it happened, but just talking to a nurse and somebody that's actually been there and um seeing those people that had to go through what I had to go through. I learned a lot today. And um, do you have any social media links you want to put out there for people to follow you or keep up to date with you? Sure. I have an Instagram account. It's uh, Diamond Brinks 360. Uh, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-B-R-I-N-K-S 360. That's my Instagram account. It just has, you know, some... Um, some jokes and stuff on my Instagram account. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not very good at um, social media, so I don't have much stuff up. Um, you know, just some funny stuff. That's all. Okay. Um, I'm rearranging it soon, um, real soon within the next week. So I'll have more stuff. I'll post more stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, Serena, I had a great time talking to you. Like I said, you're my 70th episode 
Um, Thank you. I'm just, you know, like I said, I like, I like talking to different people about their different backgrounds and just learning. I've, I've learned so much from different people and you're another person that I definitely um, learned from today. And um, I just wish you the best in everything you have going on in the future. And, um, you know, just continue to save lives. You know, I commend all the nurses out there that are putting their lives on the line to save other exactly. lives. You know what I mean? Because exactly. it's kind of a weird thing because, you know, people that might have like heart surgery or cancer and all those things, you know, you're, you're not really putting your life on the line in that regard. But when it comes to COVID, it's like you want to save them, but you want to make sure you're good too. So it's kind of like, you know, like I commend everybody that's really out there trying to save people from COVID. And, um, yeah, hopefully that in the future, uh, it'd be more medicine out there. Like you were saying that can, um, help calm this thing down a lot more than what it is now. We kind of, we're two years in into it and it's still kind of a big deal. So hopefully in the future, it, it'll get less, be um, less dangerous, but like I said before, Serena, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. And um, it's the next episode, y'all. This is David Carmichael II. And um, we are back for another episode of Caption World Podcast. Please. Oh, yeah. Also, shout out to all of our YouTube listeners, Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners. Um, thank you for continuing to rock with us. And until then, we'll see you on the next episode. Serena, thank you again. And to all of my followers, we'll see you on the next episode. You have a good one. Peace.